welcome this is listening to hope the podcast celebrates recipients of ontario red syndrome association's hope fund canada's only fund dedicated to red syndrome research in the country since 2014 when it was created the fund has awarded over 500000 dollars in research grants to find a cure a treatment for red syndrome today we are talking to a hope fund recipient john b vincent he's a university of toronto professor in the institute of medical science a senior scientist and head of molecular neuropsychiatry and development at the campbell family mental health research institute and the director of research training and mentorship at camage an important discovery of john's career came amidst one of the world's biggest power outages in human history the year was 2003 john and his team were convinced that there were mutations waiting to be found in a newly discovered region of the MECP2 gene when modern techniques failed to find it john decided to use an old fashioned way to find these elusive mutations much of it involved working like a photographer in a dark room using dna obtained from a red syndrome patient john isolated and captured it on a gel and applied radioactive chemicals to it The film was stored for some time in a minus 80 degree Celsius freezer to let the chemicals bind to specific DNA regions. This was a crucial step. On 14th August 2003, Ontario lost power. Lab freezers shut down. It was a race against time. It was in these chaotic few hours that John managed to grab these films and develop them before the sample went bad. and amidst all of this he discovered that elusive mutation i could see there was something going on in this one patient and that turned out to be an 11 base pair deletion within exon 1 which turned out to be the first exon 1 mutation in mecp2 i first developed the film that showed this mutation during the blackout Why was this discovery so important? Yeah, this is important in yeah, particularly when it comes to diagnosis. We started finding children with Rett syndrome who didn't have a molecular diagnosis because the researchers were focusing on exons 2, 3 and 4 and we started finding mutations in this new coding region in exon 1, the, the first chunk that had previously been ignored. This mutation, one among several that John found during his career, have become important targets for drugs being developed to treat Rett syndrome. In fact, that has become the focus of John's latest research. The more recent funding from the Hope Fund, from the uh, the Hope Awards, is directed towards trying to find compounds that will reverse or alter some of these. the effects of some of these mutations so whereas some groups are looking to use a kind of gene therapy to to put back in copy of the MECP2 gene we're trying a, an alternative approach where we think we can identify chemicals or compounds or uh, possibly short peptides that will stick specifically to the MECP2 protein as it's being 
manufactured within a cell and stabilize it or possibly alter the chemical properties of the the mutated form of MECP2 to enable it to bind properly to DNA or chromatin within the nucleus. Orsa and the Hope Fund have been critical in John's research. They've been very supportive. I really appreciate uh, you know the, their presence in, in the scene because funding has been very difficult to come by. The Canadian Institutes of Health Research is probably the the, the main support for a, for a lot, lot of medical research in Canada. But sometimes the CIHR is looks at a sort of larger, more broader projects and I think finds something like Rett syndrome a little bit too specific and targeted. And it's been difficult extracting research funds from them. So having something like uh, Orsa has been a major benefit for us. Speaking of research... Any advice for those planning on embarking on a research career? Having um, a goal before you go into your master's or PhD degree, I think is a good idea to have some view of what you plan at the end of it, whether it's to get into uh, industry or to get into scientific writing or whether academia is is where you want to be. I, I think it, it, you know, it's not set in stone, but to have something as uh, your kind of goal beyond the degree itself would be hugely beneficial. That may change because of your experience in your graduate studies, but I think you need to go in with your eyes open and know the, the risks. I think just getting a, a master's or a PhD degree just for the sake of it is potentially a bit short-sighted. Um, partly because there are many people, ma- many people with PhDs, basically. It's hard to turn postdoctoral research into a career. And I think roughly uh, only one in nine people with a PhD go on to uh, you know, stay in, within academia as uh, principal investigators. Any last words, John, before we end this podcast? What I find about research is... It has to stay interesting. It has to has to be exciting for for me. It has to be exciting for the trainees, the the staff, and you know, doing the same thing over and over again would become dull. You know, that's kind of why the lab has been evolving and moving, certainly in recent years, away from just basically gene hunting and trying to find you know, now looking towards therapeutic angles that's made it very exciting for me it's made you know keeps my brain active uh, keeps my interests going and you know it's uh, wonderful that there are agencies like orsa that's are willing to basically indulge me in in these quests you know therapeutics is certainly not something i have experience in but I, I like to think that I'm coming at it from a fresh angle and with novel experiences and very happy that Walsa is able to see that and put their faith in, in my sort of research abilities and research instincts. Thank you for listening to Hope with John B. Vincent, a Hope Fund recipient.